Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping, and the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence. In restless dreams, I walked alone. Narrow streets of cobblestone, beneath the halo of a street lamp, I turned my collar to the cold and damp. When my eyes were stabbed by the flash of a neon light, it split the night. Hello and welcome to the season review edition of the Stern Look. I'm Kangaroos Forever. First up, we had the Snail Eater. Welcome, LaGrille. <laughs> G'day. How are you going? <laughs> Good, mate. Good to have you on. Also, we have Jesus Brad Christ. Scott's biggest supporter in Quivera. Hello, everybody. How are we all going? Good, mate. Good. Just on the structure of this show, seems to be a different one. First up is Word Association, followed by nominations of Poster and Fred of the Year for Northport which will then be followed by a bit of club, coach, and player analysis, which will finish off the show. So now for word association. He wants to go first. All right, I'm not giving you a choice. Legrill? <laughs> okay. Lockie Hansen. Legend. Sean Higgins. Fantastic. Anthony Miles. Intriguing. Richmond Posters. Mm. Parents. Hmm. Okay. Mason Wood. Crossroads. Well, you didn't say cat anyway. No, I don't. I don't subscribe to Philly's um, <laughs> of the young man. Well, Philly's not not allowed anymore. <laughs> I Oh, I still see him liking posts. He still hasn't completely disappeared. <laughs> Good. Right. So he shouldn't. No, it's a ridiculous bet anyway. Righto. For Quivery, Goldstein. Trade. Swallow. Impressed. Josh Kelly. Disappointed. <laughs> With a slight bit of disappointment in the voice. <laughs> that was very upset. That was very upset. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Broke his heart. Anyway, Justin Martin. Oh, disappointed as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that one hurt more. That so one confident. Yeah. And oh, well. <laughs> Three disappointments in a row. <laughs> they were very, very disappointed. <laughs> um, I'm sure we'll discuss that throughout the night, uh, throughout this podcast. Yeah, well, that will be for the coach section. So we'll move straight on to something slightly more or less disappointing. The post of the year nomination. So as I explained to the boys earlier, we're just going to talk about our favourite nominations. Obvious nominations include Giant Roo and Jindirk for his fantastic work with GIFs, memes. His latest one was excellent. Are there any other obvi- ah, obvious nominations from you boys? 
I think um, S. Maturin's worth a, uh, a mention for his fine work on O'Shaughnessy Street yep. and his Twitter love affair with Greg Fleet. Those two are pitching woo at a furious rate. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. We're inclusive of that. Oh, sorry, mate. Yep. Done? I said we're inclusive of all of that. Uh, Yes, of course we are. But yes, no, who said that? All right, (laughs) so Quivery, anything to add? Yeah, mine would just be uh, Philly Roo. I think the amount of fun he brought to that Dustin Martin (laughs) thread um, was second to absolutely none. He's... His positivity, he's, it's happening, everything. I think he deserves it for that thread alone. Yep, agreed. Another mention, probably Gasometer for probably doing every single game day thread, getting up at 12 o'clock to make sure no one else could do it. That, <laughs> 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 no, he, he's obviously a legend of the board, so you've got to mention him every single year. Memories. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, there's probably other nominations. Orange Peanuts had a pretty good year. Probably a bit quieter than normal. Probably his aliases probably do a bit more work than he does. <laughs> Zondor, and his, uh, <laughs> Zondor and Arthur Cloak, obviously. They probably got into a few more arguments this year than they probably used to, but they still had a pretty good year. Uh, probably getting a few other posters, but it's been a pretty good year despite all the negativity on field. So we'll move... Onto Fred of the Year. So I've heard the Dustin Martin thread. That's got to be one of the threads of the year. Any other nominations, fellas? Uh, well, uh, oh, go, go quick. I was just going to say, I only read three threads. That was, well, <laughs> only one now, but it was the Dustin Martin, Josh Kelly, and the Sean Atley threads. So they're my three nominations there. <laughs> the Sean Atley thread. <laughs> it's a good thread. It's not. <laughs> Disappointing as well. That's a hard read. I um I I liked. I had to search for this one. Um, it was one of the best materials for it threads. It was my friend is a new shin boner, and it just got basically overtaken and turned into a big footy remembers thread, where all the in jokes, all the fun. Funny moments over the last 10 years were rehashed. I thought that was a fantastic thread. Yep. Probably other threads, the grumpy old thread. I'm not sure if that's what it's actually titled, but the grumpy old men thread, where everyone just posts everything they're grumpy about. That's always good. Cricket thread's always good fun. There's a few good, interesting debates in that. But in terms of threads, it's got to be Dustin Martin thread. That that one was, that was something else, that thread. There is going to be um, sort of like that Big Footy Remembers thread. It's going to be a few things put into uh, Big Footy folklore. Well, North Melbourne Big Footy folklore, at least. Yeah, well, uh, it's happening is there now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the death of Philly Roo. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's going to be a, there's going to be a, le- a legacy left by that thread, more so than the Kelly thread, which I think got quite quite dark after a while there. Yep. What was it? The, there was another thread as well, I think by Big Lebowski. Is that how you pronounce it? Big Lebowski? Yeah, with his wife having an accident. Yeah. Might, might have the wrong poster there. No, no, you're right. It was her. Um, it was him. Yeah. And he, we... well, he's, that was an excellent thread just to show 
just the humanity of the North Ward. I think that was a very good thread to show that, as well as the uh, depression and anxiety was, thread as well. Yeah, yeah. Always good to, um, you know, we are an online community, and it's always good to to know what people are going through, and you know, develop some empathy for your fellow big footy brethren. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, I think it should be mentioned. It wasn't just North posters; it was posters from all the teams coming in and. Wish, uh, giving the well wishes there, so it yeah, literally was big footy. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, it was good to see. We've had a few opposition guests this year in terms of on the north board, St Kilda <laughs> mainly, Richmond as well, a little bit of Carlton. I think yeah. they start to live on our board now. It's quite quite amusing how many targets. Yeah, a couple of Melbourne board. people had a shot and then they disappeared pretty quickly. Yes, they did. Uh, they did nick off pretty quickly, so. Yeah, but they're always good value, the Richmond posters, even if a few of them are missing a few screws. But it was, a, it was an interesting year, let's just say that, in terms of threads. So if there's nothing more on posters and threads of the year, we'll move straight into club and coach analysis. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah so, that's good. Right, so as a whole, how has the club performed? So anyone can take this. I think they've sort of, um, I suppose... If you were going to give it a grade, you'd probably give it a C plus. There's been lots of things that the club's done really well, particularly with the um, the the clips for re-signing players, the um, what they've done during the week with their stance on um, the plebiscite. Those sort of things have all been very very good. I mean, they run good competitions. They run a lot of competitions from the Mazda kick for a million to the um, the player of the week competition that they run. I think that's all very, very good, not only for um, fan engagement, but also getting the brand out there and, you know, try to basically separate ourselves and keep in line with that whole community-focused angle that we're going for. However, I do feel at times probably um, perhaps skewed somewhat because of the big footy side of things um, that they do miss a few opportunities in terms of real fan engagement like the um, like appearing on a podcast whether it's our one or whether it's North Talk or or whatever the case may be um, I know they have their issues against um, against big footy and how we're basically seen as a peanut gallery but at the same time, what the club does need to realise that these are the hard, the hardcore supporters. These guys, you know, spend the whole time, whole time talking about North Melbourne Football Club, and as misguided as some of their comments may be, um, it's all from a place of wanting North Melbourne to be the best team in the league and, and doing, doing the best of the club and. If, if any of the North Melbourne media team are listening to this, which I, I honestly doubt, um, I think if you see it from that point of view, I think there should be no reason why we can't have this relationship. But they chose to ignore us and chose to um, chose to distance themselves from the uh, rank and file, and it's disappointing. Yeah, I agree. Anything to add well said. No, that's uh, that's very well said. 
Um, Nothing yeah, to add very on well said there. Fridge magnets. <laughs> oh, um, no, no, let's not get started on there. Um, let's just hope they do the right thing next season and uh, bring back the proper fridge magnet. I've got, I've got a solution to this, yeah. to the fridge magnet. Um, I don't know if you've seen during the week, but um, Nike have taken over the uh, NBA jerseys for this year. Yep. And on the NBA jerseys, you know the bottom bit with the little tag that usually has, like, the NBA logo and the size of the jersey and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, yep. In that is a chip, and you can get your iPhone or your Android device, scan over the chip, and it gives you content, whether it be highlights of the player of the Guernsey, um, team highlights, interactions where the player can message you for having, like, the right app and all that sort of stuff. Perhaps the the Kangas can put that into their merchandise and use that as a fixture reminding device where it saves the fixtures onto your phone and you get the you get the uh, the North Melbourne app to get some true interactivity. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure the magnet was uh, destroyed because of lack of funds. That's gonna be pretty expensive. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see us funding that expedition. <laughs> just, we have to be ahead of the curve. That's true. Just as I know, quiz, again, if you're listening, North Melbourne, make it happen. Make it happen, indeed. Just as a member, Quiv, how's that in terms of interacting with the club? Have they been good at open dialogue or communication? Do you like is their communication channels any good? Have you seen that this year? Um, look, honestly, I don't read a single email I get from them, um, other than when it's clearly labelled that it's a survey, so I, I like to give my feedback. Um, there's a lot of them. I don't think it's to the point they're spam, but there is a lot of them, so just from that, I'd imagine that it seems pretty good communication between the clubs. I know their website itself is pretty, pretty good. I'd imagine it's almost just ex- pretty much explaining what's on the website. Uh, um, so, yeah, communication-wise, it seems all right to me. How about seating? The membership. Though? Sorry, what was that? How about seating and allocation? And is- um, yeah, I was just going to say, the membership department is probably the most lacking department. Um, every year I've had to ring them up because they've somehow made my membership incorrectly. They've given me the wrong things or not given me what I've paid for, etc. That's happened for the last six years. Years or so, um, and now they've, I've been, I've been forced to move my seat on three separate occasions, and now this year they've bought um, a general admission, I guess, general admission bays where my north, uh, my reserve seat happens to be. So I'm being moved yet again. I just think that's disappointing, especially with two young kids. They want to sit on the fence where I've, I've, I've waited a few years to get fence seats now. Um, they can't wave their flags or anything unless we're lucky enough to find little uh, front row seats elsewhere. So on the, on the whole, that's probably a bit disappointing. But in saying that, I can see why the club did it. Yep, fair enough. All right, we'll move on to a bit of coach analysis now. So we'll be asking the grill first. How have you seen, obviously, the head coach and the other coaches this year? Well, obviously, I'm... Not necessarily, and I've, I've mentioned this 
a number of times. I'm not necessarily in a sack Scott or a keep Scott space at the moment. I'm pretty neutral. Um, some of the reasons why I am anti-Scott would be that I am getting a little bit tired of the press conferences where he says things like there's easy fixes or goes into some nonsense, nonsensical monologue about the team and doesn't really nothing, but nothing seems to change. Like for instance, we still give up. We, I mean, at the start of the season, we gave up plenty of leads over the, over over four goals, which is to me one of the biggest problems that we have addressed. And we have not addressed it since 2013 when we had all those losses. I mean, we lost six, five games by less than six points this year. If we win those games, our club looks completely different than what it does at the moment. Um, whether, we're, whether or not we should have won those games, I would say we didn't because we had those fade-outs. And that, to me, is the biggest thing that we need to address. Now, Part of that is because we are playing an attacking game plan and it is harder to instill an attacking game plan to developing players. So on that front, Brad gets a tick from me because I think we're, when, when you do get to that um, stage where we are challenging, you've got to know how to, how to score when it's really tight. Um, whereas, you know, obviously the alternative is to do what Brendan Bolton's doing and go for the really defensive mindset, um, which can lead to the ball just flooding back, flooding back, flooding back. So that that in itself can be an issue. So I'm willing to give Brad Scott a, a pass on that because I can see what he's doing. But at the same time, the, this is... And, to me, it's not really a personnel thing because this has been an issue in his teams for such a long time now. We can't just put it to the side. There needs to be some some form of game plan that we can develop that encapsulates the attacking style when appropriate and able to push back and absorb pressure when it's not. Like when, when, when the other team has taken taking control of the game. Even the um, even late in the season with the, um, particularly the Hawthorne and Essendon games, there was spells where, five to ten minute spells where we lost the game. Yeah. And that's going to happen with a young team and a, a team in the bottom half of the, half of the um, comp, understood. But at the same time, hopefully we can develop a game style that can hold up to that in the future because it, it as as lots of teams in the AFL have found, whether it be like, you know, West Coast with their inability to win at the MCG, these things, once they become ingrained, are very hard to shake. And it's also to the point where it gives the opposition confidence that they can, you know, knock us over if we are five goals up or, or whatever the case may be. Yep, fair enough. Sorry about any other coaches in terms of, so we've obviously moved on Brad Green, Donahue, uh, our tackling coach, as well as Shenko, our ruck coach. So who do you, well, I suppose you wouldn't know any candidates. But... It, it, it's very, it's 
very hard to 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 judge the assistant coaches in my opinion because mm. you don't know what impact they're having. However, I think out of those three, the biggest loss is Alex Ishenko. Agreed. The, what he's done with Goldie, what he's done with um, Braden Proust has been really, really good, and it's a shame that he's moving on. Um, how much? See, I mean, obviously, with um, with both your your with all with all your positional coaches, they're all interdependent. Like the midfield's dependent on the forward pressure, the defense is dependent on the midfield. It's it, it, it's probably too hard to go and, and analyse the assistant coaches when you don't know what parts of their play have been executed to their to, to their to their satisfaction, or whether it's just um, or whether the plan is just insufficient. We don't know, so yeah. it's enough. pretty tough. So, in terms of a coaching and playing style, Quiv, what needs to change for us to obviously push up the ladder? Uh, well, I think uh, our biggest problem has always been speed, particularly in the middle, um, and our defensive efforts in the middle. That's that improved this year, but I still think it's a big flaw. The other part of our issue is we, we've got one of the best key forwards in the comp. We just don't know how to pass the ball to him. Um, so if we could somehow improve. I don't know if it's where Ben's running or if it's the skill of our midfield, but um, something definitely needs to be learned there on how to properly utilise his marking ability because it's pretty bloody good. Um, and I mean, he came third in the Coleman this year. If we can put it on his chest a bit more, God knows what he could do. Um, so when you see yeah. improvement coming from, from personnel or the coaches actually changing up the game point a bit? Well, this year, I mean, first, we've got, we've got to get a better look at the personnel. This year we had a, a good look at a lot of the kids. They're going to get another preseason. Uh, this year, um, they're going to get more games under their belt. We'll see how they develop through the year. Um, yeah. This is where I see really see where Greg's coming from in terms of um, why did we resign Brad so soon? We had a year. Let's see if he's going to be able to get the improvement out of these kids we expect or if the kids are just duds, you know. Um, kind of wait and see how that went. But the improvement first has to at least be attempted to come from the kids. And if we see improvement there... Um, Act only speaks good things about Brad, I guess. Yeah. It's going to be interesting whether we change our overall style based on, obviously, look at, looking at what Richmond's done with their one key forward, five small forward type of model, whether we move towards a smaller forward line. Or... I think from there is our small forwards aren't that great at, at crumbing. Um, Richmond's are very, very good. They... And they're very quick. See to the ball. They want the ball. Um, you know, Lindsay Thomas isn't going to give us that type of intensity. Um, you know, he's going to one one game every month or so. Uh, Rovat does it here and there. Higgins can do it, but we need him further up the ground. We need him delivering the ball, not crumbing out in the pocket. You know, so we, that's we don't have the personnel for that type of game plan. I wouldn't think. 
So mm. stick to towards a more traditional style of a centre half forward, Ben Brown at yeah. forward, Mason Wood, yep. Taylor Garner, Turner, Simpkin, Higgins, done. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I'd pay Ben Brown terms, from the square. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of crumbing, crumbing players, it's, I mean, obviously, um, Zerha has shown that he has aptitude in that respect, Turner whether or well. not, yeah, and Turner, but sort of a, a bit of an outside one. Would, could you perhaps have, um, Ryan Clark off a forward flank because he has shown that he can get to the contest to contest and, you know, with a bit of training and, you know, a bit of, I suppose, focus on that part, perhaps he could find himself at front and centre of, yeah. of the packs because he has done that on occasion. Yeah, but he'd be suited and to, if, if we leave him up, up in the forward line, though, that's the problem is he's not strong in the one-on-ones. So maybe, yeah, more of a midfield role. But, I mean, like, essentially, one, I mean, you're only really lining up in the half-forward line. You, when he's going to be playing, he's going to be probably playing as a, as a second mid or as an as a, um, extra midfielder, maybe yeah. a, full, a forward-facing midfielder in as much as um, he's not going to be, you know, a target where he's going to be one-on-one anyway. He's his role would be to basically run from pack to pack, be at the foot of the pack. So if the ball spills, because it's something that, like you, like um, Quib was saying, that we've, we've lacked for a very long time. So the one-on-one aspect to me is not really all that important um, because we're not really using him that way. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting anyway, because it, the game's obviously changed. You know, you don't have your traditional half forwards really anymore. They all push up the ground. And I mean, the game's yeah, changed like, so much. It really has. They all kind of like run up on the half forward flank and <laughs> just run. Yeah. Yep. So it's interesting with that. All right. So we'll move on to probably a bit of this player analysis. I don't think we can add much more to the coaches. We've strayed a bit from there anyway. So I'll start off basically in numerical order, starting with Marley Williams. So Quiv, Marley. Yeah, I was um I was impressed with his year. I was wasn't the happiest people when we recruited him, but uh, his runoff half back, his his kick ins, especially his kick ins, the big barrel down the middle was a was a breath mm. of fresh air. Um yeah, I, I think his recruitment this season as a whole was a was a massive success. Um, shame about the injury, but he'll bounce back even better next year. Yeah. So, what kind of grade would you give him? Um, see what we decide we're doing. Just uh, a, a, B, C, D, E. Um, for what I was expecting, I'd probably go a B plus. Um, yep. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, I B plus. Yeah, I would agree. Right, so I'll do yeah, Jed. Absolutely. Yep. So I'll do Jed Anderson because I know Quiv has his thoughts on him, so I'll just skip him for this <laughs> one. So Jed Anderson, he he had a few little injury interruptions throughout the year, and when he did get on the park, he just doesn't get enough football. Whether it's an intensity thing, 
we're not sure. He has, he has good attributes. He didn't play much midfield, which I'm disappointed by. But obviously the coaching staff have other ideas with him up forward. So with him, in terms of a mark, I'll probably give him a D. Even a D minus. He, he didn't have a great year from my point of view. But look, he's got good attributes. I hope he puts it together. The next up, Shawnee Higgins for Le Grille. Um, well, what what can you say? The uh, Sid Barker medalist put in a pretty a very good year. I um I think uh, he was basically largely responsible for the team by, by maintaining with with you know most of our games. Like I mean, we only really got blown out in probably two games, and part of that was because Sean was. So influential for us. So I'm going to give him an A. Yep. Fair enough. Right. So quickly, I'll just summarise the thoughts on Benny Jacobs. He's having a medical apparently next month, so we're not sure if he'll be on the list next year. If he's not going to be able to get onto the park early next year, I'd say he's done for North Melbourne. But anyway, that's there's no definitive call yet on him. So we'll move on to Lachlan Hanson for Quiv. Uh, disappointing that he's been asked or retired or has retired. Um, I I hope if he doesn't decide to play on and get picked up by another team that he's around for our VFL team. He's a, I think, even just for character, he's a good character. He'd be somebody that's great to have around the club. And honestly, he wasn't that bad a player either. Um, he's lost uh, quite a lot from his very best of a couple of years ago, but... I think he still had had enough to, uh, to be on our list this year. Yeah. Um, through limited sightings, I'd probably say C+. Plus. Yep, agreed. Fair enough. The grill, Jack Zabel. Well, um, on face value, you could obviously tell that he was struggling with injury. I mean, um, just, just the... I mean... Just the collisions that he took, and the um, and the cumulative um, impact of those of those um, hits. The guy is an absolute warrior. We know that, and that's why he's captain. Um, obviously, coming out um, during the week that he was playing with obviously the foot issue, which we kind of knew about, but the uh, broken collarbone or the fractured uh, collarbone. Just probably speaks to how brave he is. I do think at times he crosses the line from brave to stupid, but you'd certainly prefer it that way than crossing the line from brave to squib. So, yeah, for me, I'm going to give him a B minus only because only because he was probably he gave everything he could, but if he was Fully 100% fit, I reckon we could have gotten an A out of him. Yep, agreed. Mm, right, so Nathan Hoverett, I'll take his. He had, an, he had a pretty good year. He did what was expected. I, long term, I was seeing him being probably outside the best 22 because he just doesn't seem to do a lot of the contested stuff as well as I like. He played mainly off the half forward flank. He didn't do a heap in the midfield, which I was a bit disappointed by. He just seemed a little bit undersized. He had a few short-stepple moments as well, which I was disappointed by. 
But look, he kicked a few goals. He set up a few others. He he looks busy. He tries to do the right thing. He's quick enough. So I'll give him a C. Just plain and simple a C. The next up, Legrill, Andrew Swallow. Um. Well, look, I mean, at the start of the season, after the first five games, I think everybody sort of wanted Swallow dropped, and eventually that did happen. But when he came back, he was a very influential player for us. I think he gave us a bit more shape and a bit more, um, just a bit more structure in the inside football. Um, went a long way to um, proving that he's probably got another year or two left in him, which prior to being dropped, I think a lot of us were questioning. Um, I'm going to give him a C. I think, obviously, the reason why I'm giving him a C is purely the start of the season for him. Hopefully, if he's, um, hopefully he stays around the club. Um, but at the same time, if we can get some value for him, I'm going to be disappointed. But understand that from what Brad was saying, that maybe we have to try to get the maximum out of some of the players on this list to assist the rebuild. So he had, a pretty, he had an okay season. With Ben Cunnington. Uh, what you can say, I, I became second in the Sid Barker, I guess. Uh, that says what uh, what the coaches thought of his year. Um, definitely uh, much improved on last season. Uh, on his way back to his very best, but wasn't quite there this year. Still think, um, I still think he struggles a bit with Zebel in the midfield. Just two balls. Doesn't work like that. But, um, yeah, I think I still see Ben just continuing. He doesn't really – he rarely has a bad game. He He's just a good, consistent player every now and then. He has a great game. Uh, probably probably an A-, minus. I'd give Ben. Yeah, fair enough. Lukey McDonald? Uh, Luke McDonald, absolute – he just stood up this year. He's um, – he improved incredibly, incredibly well. Um, stints in the midfield, his his runs down the wing, his attack on the ball. He's he just loves playing football, and he just loves playing for North Melbourne. I don't have a bad word to say about this kid. I absolutely love him. Uh, as a rating, uh, I'd, I'd I'd give him an A. His improvement, as I said, it was just out of sight. Yep, fair enough. The grill, Thomas. Oh, pretty rough year for Lindsay, really. I mean, he um, he along the, along with many others at the start of the season were probably a bit down on form. He obviously spent a lot of time in the VFL, coming back for a smattering of games here and there. But um, I think with how I think I mean, he's an AFL quality player in my opinion, still. But I just don't think in our list position he can. Um, he's probably going to be getting too many games. Um, he's obviously got another year on the contract. I would love for him to stay at at North, and if he, I mean, if he's happy to play VFL and the odd the odd senior game when you know injuries and form dictate. But I think we've probably seen the best of him, and I think. For the season, probably going to give him a D plus. Yeah, I would agree with that, Mark, too. 
Right, Quiv, Ryan Clark. Um, uh, yeah, he, I don't know. Um, he showed glimpses, I guess, this year of what he could do. He had quite a, a few very, very good games. Um, just got to get the consistency, and, uh, and that'll come with the experience. He, I don't know, there's a lot of potential in him. Um, I guess you just got to find where, where we want him to play, where he settles in, and um, go from there. I'd say probably a B, B. Oh, that's a pretty good mark. The old graded him the same. He averaged something like 25, 26 disposals for his last month. So yeah. his form was yeah. pretty good. He, he certainly yeah. started to show that consistency after coming back from from being dropped. And I think that's encouraging for this uh, for the season coming. Yeah, yeah he's, he's left himself a lot to work with, a bit of form, I guess, into the new season. Yeah, agreed. Yep. All right. Next up, so Trent Dumont, I'll take this one. Snake Baker's favourite player, not. <laughs> and, yeah, he had. Froggy had an interesting year. He, I thought he would actually go up with Del Santo out of the side. I think he struggled at times. The outside work wasn't that great, and he got beat up on the inside a bit. He did go back to VFL, for, did a very good job after that. But, yeah. Yeah. I'll give him a C minus. The minor, you just didn't do quite enough for my liking. Yeah, it's probably a fair assessment. Yeah, like he's one of my favourites, and he look, he's going to be a good player, but he's just so next well, up, you know, yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's probably my expectations, really. So we'll move on. O'Hearn obviously didn't play this year. He could have probably played the last couple of games, but we're taking a conservative approach with him. Probably play a bit of VFL because he's been there for effectively it's two years. And so next up, Scotty Thompson. Um, you've got to be happy with this season. He was probably um, probably at the start of the season, probably one of the lines that a lot of people had in the gun, mainly because of his age and his output compared to what he has been capable of in the past. But he's been probably he was probably our most dependable defender, and that's including Tarrant, although. I didn't think Tarrant had a bad year, but I think Thompson was probably the best out of the defenders, particularly working with a lot of young players, a lot of first game first and first gamers in the, in that back half. I think you know he did a fantastic job, and I hope he gets another year. Oh, sorry, and uh, I'm giving him a B. Yeah, cool. With Mullet. Um. Yeah, I believe he's been tapped on the shoulder, I guess. I think that's disappointing. I like Mullet a lot. Um, obviously, didn't have the greatest year, but I think there's a lot to work there with him. He played 18 games or so, I think, um, averaging, I think, a reasonable number of touches. I guess he just we want him to get it more and do a bit more with it. Um, I'll, I'll always remember him for his runs down the wing and those left foot 50-metre goals. Um, we don't see enough of them anymore. So that's, yeah, um, probably I'll give him a C minus. Uh, oh, no, that's a bit harsh. Probably a B minus. Next up, you know who's up, Sean Atley. <laughs> yep, Sean Atley. Um, <laughs> I've... 
no, still not where we want him to be, but it was a very, a much more improved and consistent year. Um, his turnovers, turnovers get mentioned a lot. I don't think there's that many of them. It's just when they do happen, they're pretty bad turnovers. Um, uh, I'd give him a B plus. Maybe that's me being biased. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, I, I was very. I thought it was a very good year for what uh, from where he was, and hopefully continues to build on that next season. As a half Play. forward, I'll, I'll give him a B minus myself. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. Year, yeah, I think his position is down forward. He's he, when he when he's on the run, he's a nice kick when he doesn't have to think about it, and you want that kind of stuff running in the forward line. Yeah, oh, he's definitely made the forward line it's a bit more interesting now. Right, so Sammy Wright, obviously injured, should be expected back, but who knows? In that one, we're not going to touch that one. So we'll move on to Jai Simpkin, Legrill, your boy. Yeah, I think, um, God, you've, you've got to be excited about what you see in him. I mean, coming off the uh, leg injury and not really much of a preseason, to have the confidence and the tricks in the bag to try some of the stuff he's, he had attempted. I mean, um, you can't be, for a first year under, under those set of circumstances, you couldn't have asked for much more from him. I think we've we've definitely got a player there. Um, uh, I just hope that um, he develops into what we all think he could and be, you know, an X-Factor player for the club. Yep, fair enough. All right, Quiv, Toddy Goldstein. Why not? Lost Quiv, maybe? Sorry, sorry, I had myself muted there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tough one for Todd. He's, uh, he's good, he's... Of uh, the best in the comp, um, and we had that not long ago. So to see this year, I think was you know it wasn't wasn't a, sh- a shit year, I guess, but it was wasn't anywhere near great either. Like we've come to expect from him, uh, I'd I'd give it a C plus. He's not useless around the ground, but um, that's probably where he's dropped off the most. He's not taking those big clunky marks. He's not sneaking down forward and getting uh, a goal or two. Uh, it's just a, a real down year, I guess, on a on a guy who's I'm not sure how old he is, but he seems like he's been around a while. So um, maybe age is just catching up with him. Yeah, maybe. It'd be interesting what we actually do of him, whether we actually do move him on during this trade period, but... It's a bit hard to do that to a life member. It's all great. But again, Daniel Wells, is a, that happens. And we'll move straight on to Benny McKay. And he spent all the year in the VFL, injuries, etc. He he struggled a bit up forward until he's moved back into the back line as a key defender in the last three or four games at the VFL. And he performed very well, very Tarrant-like, I've been told. And the stats read like that as well. And he had a very good game before he got KO'd <laughs> against Brisbane. And he, he looks a very good prospect. I'm not sure whether he's going to be a forward long-term or whether Durden is, who's next up. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. So I'll give him... I know he's had his injuries, but I'll probably give him a D. Just because he, he, he just didn't get enough touches up forward as a forward. And that's what we need him as. 
So next up, Sam Durden. Um, I thought uh, I, I think I rate probably Durden a bit higher than a lot on the big footy board. I um, I think that everything he did in the top side was on par or better for expectations of someone with his experience level. Um, very excited about his ability to play both ends of the ground. And I think um, having that flexibility just means that what we were talking about earlier about um, adjusting game plans mid-match to suit the circumstances of the match, that's going to find Sam as a very, very valuable asset to the club. Um, he uh, got a good bump on him, as Ben McKay found out. Um, I'm going to give him a C because he was better than I had thought he was going to be at the start of the season. Yep, fair enough. Right on. Next up, Robbie Tarrant. He had... He just built on last season. He had a lot of good games. He had a couple average games now and again, but overall it was a pretty strong year by Robbie. There's not much more we can add. I can add to that, really. He's just a consistent, good defender that they're very dependent on. And he's going to be oh. very important in developing the guys, if it's Durden or if it's Mackay, Nielsen, Ed Vickers Willis. He's going to be very important in the long term in development. So for mine, I'll give him a C, C+. Plus. So next up, Daniel Nielsen. So I'll give that one probably to Legrill again because I don't think Quibib knows who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Probably the surprise packet of the season. Um, apparently, again, we don't have the input to the club to verify this, but he was very close to being on the scrap heap and somehow everything clicked at the right time, got got his exposure in the top side and did very well. I think um, Nielsen's point of difference that he has amongst the other taller, taller defenders, I'm not calling him a, a tall defender as such, but one of the taller defenders, is that he can play against a tall, a tall forward and a small forward. I think that's going to be... That's probably going to end up him being long-term Scott Thompson's replacement. Yep. Um, and, I, yeah, I just hope he keeps building. I'm going to give him a B-. minus. Yeah, oh, I agree. He said from where he was to where he is now, it, it's excellent. Like, he's going to be playing. It's yep. excellent. From where he was, it's astounding. Improvement. Right, Quiv, Taylor Garner. Yeah, um, this guy, he, he does, he, I like this guy. I think um, this guy's the reason we shouldn't go for Stringer because he's a, a Stringer-type player. Um, uh, didn't have a horrible year, didn't have a great year, had a, had a good year. I, I'd probably give him a B- minus or B. Uh, we know he can take a mark. We we know he loves a goal. Let's just hope that he can continue to take these marks and and get a bit more accuracy into him um, and start scoring goals. Uh, I mean, he kicked three against Carlton, I think it was, um, yeah. in, a, in a good display there. If we can get those types of games out of him, 
he'll become a very good player. Yeah, fair enough. Right, Legrill, Kane Turner. Um, really disappointing that he got copped his injury when he did, because I think he was starting to put put on some uh, continuity and establishing himself as a first team player as opposed to a fringe player. Um, I think, as we sort of touched on earlier, he could be a cr- one of the crumbing options. I think um, he's probably got a bit of the Jack Zeebles about him that he doesn't mind the contact. So in that respect, you can see him just charging into um, charging into a sort of a pack situation and getting the crumbs and not particularly worrying about what else is around him. So that's why I think he could be a, a crumbing forward. I think um, it's a shame that he didn't get a full year um, because I think that he could have really taken his game to a different level, not saying that he was going to be a star of the competition, but there's no reason to say why he couldn't do something like Castagna's um, doing for the Tigers or something like that. So I'm going to give him a, a C, um, only because he didn't play as much as we wanted. Yep, fair enough. Got it. Next up, Jared Waite for Quiv. Uh, hard one to judge. Obviously, missed a lot of games through injury, uh, I think, over half the season. So um, it's hard to give him a real rating, It's especially when it's Jared Waite. You, you never know what you get with Jared Waite. Sometimes he plays a great game. Sometimes he plays not so great. Um, look, yeah, I think similar to what was said about Turner just before, you give him a C just just because the amount of games he played, but um, when he's on the ground, he's he's a good enough player. Uh, whether or not he's around next season, I'm, I'm not sure if he's contracted. I have a feeling he no, is for yet. some reason. Um, contracted. Uh, I don't think I'd be disappointed to see him go, but I, I wouldn't be disappointed to see him stick around either. Um, just if he can get his body right, which he's never been able to do, and I don't really see it happening uh, when he's... Just getting older. Yep, great. All right, so next up is Braden Cruz. He had a very good year. He came almost from nowhere in the preseason JLT Cup, and he showed that he could play up forward and that he could one day replace Goldstein very, very soon. And obviously we're having this argument now. He should be our number one ruck from here on out, and he probably will be next year. He might be the dominant ruckman for North. So... In saying all that, he obviously kicked a few goals. He took a few contested marks. He probably played the end of the year a bit injured. Injuries held him up a little bit. So I'll give him probably, from where he came from, probably a B plus. So next up, Mason Wood, Legrill. Um, Really want to see this guy get a run of games. It's really important. Um, it was... <laughs> Obviously, last season and this, he's spent a lot of time on the sidelines with injuries such as his um, calf. Uh, I think his heart. Well, I'm. I don't know whether or not that that is as big a deal as people are making it out. I think he drifts in and out of games purely because he hasn't had that consistent run at it, and that's a bit different to a heart issue. Um, so. I, would, I mean, 
kind of like I sort of said earlier, I think he is kind of at the crossroads, whether he is going to be a just a, a standard AFL player or a good AFL player. Um, hopefully he gets his body right and gets 22 games next year at least, hopefully 25. Um, and with that, I think you will see a lot more consistency because if we can get him consistent, he is a nightmare of a matchup because he is very, very mobile but yet he can he's very strong in the air and i think that we could that could open up a mountain of possibilities for the club um, so he's probably one of the most important players pre-season this year and early part of next year to be getting fully fit and firing yeah. i'm going to give him a d plus okay fair enough so quiv ed vickers wills I like him. Uh, not many games, obviously, this season, but I didn't mind what I saw of him. I think he showed enough that he's um, maybe he wasn't quite ready this year, but another preseason into him, a uh, bit more experience and some games in a row, some consistency. I think he's he'll be a fine player for us. Um, didn't really know who he was until this year, so it's hard for me to really give him a grade. Um, I don't know if you guys want to give him a grade from your <laughs> perspective. Oh, well, he only played a few games. He was impressive with that, so I'll give him a C plus from where he yeah, was. Fair enough. All right, so next up, Jamie McMillan, LeGrill. Yeah, I mean, the issue, the issue is someone like Jamie me is that he um, he's pretty much a organizer at the back a la um, say maybe a, a better skilled Nick Maxwell I think he gets a bit more of the ball and probably a better user and I think that is his ceiling I mean the injury to his finger was obviously a pretty bad one um, but, again, he's probably not going to, like, what he does is probably going to be generally underrated watching the team on TV um, because, obviously, he's got that, that basically the job of being the marshal at the back and, and organising a lot of, and a lot of players that went through the back line in this season because of injury too. So, um Probably give him a C for a, a solid this year. I mean, there wasn't, you couldn't really say that he was terrible, but there wasn't really much in the way of standout performances either. So, so um, yeah, I think a C probably for Jamie. Yep, fair enough. Right, so we'll go through the next, I'll, go, I'll smash through these next couple because they're only kids. So, Declan Watson, he didn't get much of a crack at it this year. He spent a lot of time. In the rehab room, when he did get on the park, he didn't get a heap of games. From what we've seen, he's a pretty good intercept defender, and but it's a bit too early to tell, so I'm not going to give him a grade. Not applicable in this case. Josh Williams, he had a pretty good year in terms of he actually cracked into the side for a game or two, so he did pretty well on debut against Essendon, kicking the goal of his first kick. He's a bit skinny still. He's got a lot of development to go, but 
look, it's a very bright prospect. I'll give him probably a C plus as well. Next up, Magic Door. With where is he at? Um, uh, it's a tough one again for me. I like him. I obviously he could play, but I guess as from a club's perspective, you got to wonder just when when is enough enough? How many tries do you get? Um, he's got all the ability, I guess. He, I think he just struggles from not really understanding football and where to be at the right times. Um, has the potential to be anything, but just hasn't really come along I'd, as much as anybody would really like to. I'd, I'd probably give him a, a D. Uh, eating seven games this year, it's not enough. It's somebody at his, his age, I guess, and um, he's, a, he's a senior player. You'd expect a bit more from him, I think. I feel... I feel his biggest problem is that he's carrying carrying too much muscle. And I think that is what's causing a lot of the injuries, plus his, plus it's also affecting his endurance in games. I think if he built down, dropped a bit of size, I think you'd probably see a better player. Because I think at the moment a lot of his issues is that endurance. And I think that I think his, his natural position is the ruck. And mm. I think he's had some pretty good performances against Essendon and Melbourne, particularly, but ran out of legs at the end and then obviously got injured again because he really should have played the last half of this season, but obviously injuries dictated that he couldn't. Um, and I think a lot of them are stemming from just the size. He's just carrying too much size. Yeah, agreed. Next up, Mitchell hibbard Lagrill. Um, look, to be honest, um, had his first game in the first round and was a bit underwhelming, but when he did get back into the side, I thought he played very, very well. Um, and again, another one that will file into the, I wish he didn't get injured and got the whole season um, cabinet because mm. he was starting to, after getting continuity, he was starting to really um, feel comfortable at the level or appear comfortable at the level at least. Um, I think, again, hopefully he'll be right for day one of pre-season because I think he will um, he'll be pretty good for us next season. Yeah, and great. I'd give him a C-. minus. Yeah, he had a pretty good return. Like He started picking up the pill quite a bit and he used the footy quite well. It's a shame he got injured when he did, but... He's certainly a bright prospect. All right. Yeah. Nick Larky, he had a pretty good first year from where he was. I think it was over 65 in the draft or something like that. He was picked up very late in the draft. And for a first year key position forward, he did very well. He was in the top four of the VFL goal kicking for a long period of time before his injury. Then he came back and in, came into the north side and he struggled for a couple of games to get anywhere near it. And he's got a lot of development, but it's, there's good signs there, so I'll give him a C. Corey Wagner, he struggled a bit this year. Injuries and form. He had a few issues. He played down back a little bit. It's really hard to judge Corey's year. He doesn't offer a whole heap. He has a lot of good attributes, but he had a very much a meh type year. That's a fair assessment. 
Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think I've mentioned it before. I, I just don't know what he does for the team. I don't know what he brings. Well, he's it's basically an undersized winger that's been forced to play at small forward and small back. Like he had a good get start to the game against Adelaide before he got injured, but he had a good game before that. But really, he had a pretty lackluster year for him. He's on the chopping block. Moving yeah. on. Declan Mountford, the interesting one, whether he stays or goes, I say he obviously stays, but we don't know yet. Legrill? Yeah, I think um, oh, like that run of games to the tail end of the season again was you could just see the improvement. Uh, I think hopefully we keep him. Um, I'd be disappointed if he if he if he does leave just while he's on the on the verge of. Um, you know, developing into a, a consistent first-team player. I think, um, again, for for a player in his second year in a professional environment, you've got to be pretty happy with that. I'm going to give him a C plus. Yep, I agree. He's had he's got a lot of attributes that we need. Natural poise as well, which is something we very much like. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. My last one. Oh, second last. Oh, third last one. <laughs> Sammy Gibson. With. Uh, uh, Sam Gibson, he, he's, he's a polarising figure, I guess, at the club. He's, um didn't have his best year by any means. Uh, like, wait, though, getting up there in age, he's, his strength was his running. Um, he still runs not, not as quick as he was, didn't get the ball as much as he did or has in the past. Um, I'd imagine he'd start to be getting pushed out of the team next year. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd give him a C. Yeah, I would too. He had pretty bit because we're very dependent on him for mopping up at the back and getting... Yeah, it, it does make you wonder. I mean, he's obviously getting the games for a reason. Um, that's... Obviously, certainly not his game-winning ability, but um, where he's Brad's using him as a tool to teach, or, or God knows what, he's obviously getting games for a reason, though. So I think he, we're waiting for guys like Hibbert and Mountford. I see them as the nat- and Josh Williams. Those three are the natural replacements for him. Whether because Williams, Josh Williams has a way to go, but Hibbert has that natural build for a winger, and he, he can yeah. roll back, and he has a good tank as well. I see Mountford as well. I think Mountford could easily play that wing inside midfield role. So there's a few options there. It's just to who's going to accompany Luke McDonald next year. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. We'll, we'll move on. Cameron Zerha, Legrill. Yeah, again, I mean, uh, probably a um, like just a nice note for the season from our perspective. I mean... Not many times you get a first um, a first year rookie listed player making a debut and making such a good fist of it. I think he the games he played were pretty good. Um, again, he's got a lot of attributes that I think we're going to be able to use in the uh, future. He seems to have the the aggression at the ball and the man, which North Melbourne fans love. Um, ability to kick a a good goal. Um, I won't give him a grade because I don't think that's particularly fair for him, but it's yeah. um, encouraging signs. Yeah, agreed. 
And finally, Quiv, Benny Brown. Um, this guy, straight off the bat, A-plus for me. I, I think he's one of the best full forwards, if not the best full forward in the comp. So um, for him to do what he did this year with the delivery um, that he Pressure. gets, with the attention he gets, the just what he goes through to even get near the ball, his ability to run, his ability to mark, He's he's kicking. He's he's accurate. He's he takes a long time, and he's going to waste a lot of my life. But I'm happy to wait if he's going to continue to kick <laughs> goals. Um, yeah, uh, what a year uh, from where our team is um, on the ladder, skill wise, everything for him to do what he did this year is phenomenal. For phenomenal, you know what I'm saying? Phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all need grammar <laughs> lessons over the. <laughs> Over the holidays, have been shocking tonight, mainly me. Right, so I think that's about it in terms of this player analysis. You guys are probably already tuned out already. So I'd like to thank Luke Real and Quib for coming on. Not no problem at all. And thanks for listening, ladies, gents, and guests. Omina, there will be a tra- <laughs> there will be a trade podcast and. Unfortunately, we're still waiting to finalise a date for the Corey McKernan show. He's been a bit reluctant or whatever reason he's decided not to come on yet. But hopefully we can get that sorted soon enough. Uh, Right, guys, I'll, I'll see you next time on the North Board.